Hey, how's it going, everybody? I'm Staff Sergeant Thomas Katsianis, and you are listening to Boondoggle. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this intro before the intro of our today's Boondoggle radio show. Uh, as you know, we're a veteran-owned and operated podcast, and this has been an incredibly therapeutic journey for me as a veteran that struggles with PTSD and anxiety, just getting out and talking to people. But uh, it does cost us some money, so if you feel so obliged to donate to our GoFundMe, we have a GoFundMe under Today's Boondoggle. We also have a Venmo at Today's Boondoggle that you can donate to, uh, our Anchor Sponsorship at anchor.fm forward slash today's boondoggle uh, any questions comments suggestions complaints you can email us at today's boondoggle at gmail.com and please follow us on our social media sites at, uh, at today's boondoggle on instagram facebook twitter all your uh, social media platforms as well as our youtube channel our rumble channel and our bitshoot channel please follow subscribe comment and download and please consider checking out our sponsors if you uh, support our sponsor dream nutrition you can receive 10 percent off your order by using the promo code boondog10 at checkout so dream nutrition they're a veteran owned and operated company as well so please support them and receive 10 percent off using the promo code boondog10 thanks for your time and thanks for listening going on everybody it's bill bailey with today's boondoggle and a real quick housekeeping note if you're uh watching us on youtube or rumble please hit the subscribe button on our channels help uh build up our subscribers and it'll also uh help uh you get notifications so you can see when we have a new episode up and follow us and uh uh you know as well as if you're listening to us on Spotify or iTunes and uh, all the podcast platforms out there, just hit that subscribe button. Uh, you'll know when new episodes are up and uh, be able to enjoy interviews like the one I'm about to bring you right now, speaking with a fellow veteran uh, and musician now, Buddy Lee Dobertine. Is that correct pronunciation of your last name? Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Awesome. How you doing, buddy? 
Oh, I'm living the dream, man. Living the dream. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, we were talking earlier about allergies. I'm I'm actually kind of dealing with it myself right now. Um because oh, the weather's been like up and down here in Cleveland and, and uh yeah. But uh, you know, hey man, you know, I'm I'm gonna enjoy the sunshine while I can because it gets pretty gray and gloomy here, you know, for most of the the winter. So oh, get out and enjoy that when we're done done talking here. Um, so we got connected through a mutual friend of ours, Static, a, a good friend of mine, past guest of the show, and uh, told me a little bit about your story. And you know, man, I'm I'm you're like the mixture of everything I usually have here on the podcast. You know, you're oh, wow. a veteran with a veteran, uh, you know, story and a uh, musician and stuff. But usually, when I have somebody on before we get into all all of that, I like to go into the background. So do you remember originally, what did you want to be when you grew up? I want to be a Marine writer. Yeah. You knew that right from the start, huh? Yeah. I wanted to be a Marine writer, a Marine sniper from the time I was a little kid. Uh, and I was never a sniper, but I was definitely a raider. <laughs> so I achieved, well, I got what I kind of wanted. Yeah. That kind of, I mean, goes into the the next question like when when did you know you wanted to serve your country when did you feel that calling well my whole family's veterans uh, you know i'm from the midwest grew up in michigan and uh my family's a lot of them are from the south and um i just saw that you know i always thought there was a bigger purpose for my life than serving myself so in september 10th 2001 i joined the marine corps um the day before 9-11 and then 9-11 happened and bang <laughs> you know a couple months later or one month exact one month of the day i shipped off to boot camp wow yeah i've heard so many stories about people like you know september 12th signing up you know because mm -hmm. everybody was proud to be an american and ready to go you know but it's uh ironic you you were signed up the day before <laughs> You know, everyone says it's kind of like it's it's if you know me, it's kind of my uh, M.O. It's like a day short or a dollar short a day late, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you were a dollar or a day early in this in this case. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, it, you know, so at a young age, you kind of knew you wanted to serve and uh, and like right away you the Marine Raiders were, were on your, on your radar, I guess. Yes, sir. And, uh, you, uh, you shipped off to boot camp, and, and what was that whole, like, uh, well, even before that, when you were in, in, uh, school and stuff, waiting mm -hmm. for that moment, well, how were you preparing yourself? Um, I used to do MMA and hunt and fish, and so I was a little overweight, uh, to join the Marines. So I really worked hard and, uh, just prepared myself ment mentally. I just said, you know what, it's going to suck, but you know, 13 weeks, I'm going to do my thing and that's it. You know, I just, I just prepared myself. The biggest thing is, is to pre prepare yourself mentally to be prepared to know that no matter what happens, it's not what you expect. Yeah. 
expect the unexpected and exactly you know, definitely get that uh you know that mindset like you know going in knowing well this is gonna this is probably gonna suck but the end goal in mind <laughs> you yep. know is uh is definitely going to be be worth it when it's all said and done and then you graduated i'm assuming paris island uh camp, camp pendleton or uh mcrd san diego oh okay yeah i i actually went to the i, I went to a recruiter station so i could go to hollywood so <laughs> be a hollywood marine i guess if you know what i mean nice and then uh you know so you but I mean, I'm sure you know the boot camps and everything's the same. You know, it's like you know, oh, you yeah. go through everything. To I mean, my father was a World War II Marine, and um, oh, wow. you know, he uh, even in the in the old age, you know, if anybody introduced him, and said, "Oh yeah," and he was in the Mar- he was a Marine, and he's just like was a Marine, once a Marine, always a Marine. You know, it's like you I earn am that. A Marine. <laughs> yeah, I am a Marine. You earn that, yeah. and that, they can't take that away from you when you make it through yep. that. Um. So you make it through boot camp. Then what was like the next uh, step with uh, to to achieve your next part of your goal with getting into the Raiders? Or well, um, in boot camp, I was a really good swimmer. I you know lived on a lake and uh, out in the sticks, and all we did is swim, hunt, or fish as a kid. Try to find any kind of hole to jump in, and in the summertime to swim. And uh, never was a swimmer in high school or anything like that. But I, in boot camp, I was actually, I came in as a contract infantry um, reservist. And uh, hold on, my little thing's going crazy. Uh, contract reservist. And I uh, decided that in my uh, SOI instructor said, uh, hey, man, I can get you into an amphibious raid company. I think you should try it. You know, your first class swim qual out of boot camp. You know, um, don't be a sissy. Go do it. I was like, all right, I'll do it. And my parents didn't know. I, they thought I was coming home for good and be a reservist. Instead, I uh, called them up, or I didn't call them up. I waited till I came home and I told them, hey, by the way, this boot leaves only, you know, or whatever 10 days or whatever because yeah you know i'm going back and i gotta go to salt climber school and uh all the schooling the pipeline that they send you to so like for the the audience that may not be uh you know uh too familiar and even like myself um what is exactly is a marine corps raider um marine corps raider is a uh, anybody that um, has gone through amphibious raid package, MARSOC, boat company. Um, it's a, it's just a, it's a unit. It's a small unit. Um, that's what we do is we come in under the cloud of darkness, either scale cliffs or come in and kick indoors and, snatch people out of their beds we're the boogeyman (laughs) and iraq we got rid of our boats for humvees and still snatch people out of their beds and we're the boogeyman so i mean i didn't do any of the uh snatching people and kicking in doors and climbing part but i was in a uh assault craft amphibious unit in the navy so it's like we would do the beaching 
you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, oh, that's kinda, awesome. Yeah, I could kind of relate a little bit, but you know, except, but that was the extent of it. We were mostly like hauling, you know, guys like you that would go do the rest and take their mm-hmm. equipment. And, and then I'd be hanging out fishing, waiting for them to finish, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, we, uh, being cold and miserable is uh, the greatest, and not the greatest, but that's if you can be cold and miserable and don't care and be sandy and the beach, and then you get a nice trip to Coronado, um, you know, all the time. And we kept our boats and a night boat, nice boat basin. So when you're a junior Marine, you get to go down and work on them every once in a while. You get to take them out and cruise up and down the the coast of Southern California. So it's kind of nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Like our, we used to have our, uh, assault craft unit here and I was in the reserve side too, in the, in the mm-hmm. unit. And, and we had it right here in, in Cleveland by the rock hall. Uh, oh, wow. but we only had beautiful Lake Erie, you know, but it was still an oh, excuse to get out of the, <laughs> yeah, get out of the classroom and get out of the building, you know, mm-hmm. and say, we gotta go do swim quals and, you know, sneak out a hibachi grill and all that stuff and go out on Lake Erie and, you know, maybe catch some walleyes or something. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, but yeah, it sounds kind of parallel. Just, you know, I'm ours wasn't as, as hardcore and stuff, but, uh, you know, you, you, um, you said that was kind of like a goal as a kid, you got there, you achieved it. How much, uh, how many of your of your time in the in the Marines was basically focused on that? Um, my until I got uh, combat disabled, um, uh, about my first three years, uh, my first three years, and then I spent a year learning to walk again, and then I went back for my third tour in Iraq as a PSD, I went back as personal security attachment with a Colonel with third battalion first Marines. And that was a lot of fun. I mean, those are, that's a really good group of guys. Oh yeah. I, I, I would uh, work with some of those guys during my deployment too. It's like we were mm-hmm. part of the, we do like distinct DV missions, distinguished visitors and stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, or when they, uh, the um, armed forces entertainers would come in, do, you know, personal security for them mm-hmm. and stuff. So that was, that, that was a lot of fun, man, to get you out and just, you know, as long as we had like, cause by the time I, I went on my last deployment, I had two little girls at home, you know, and just oh, like, wow. as long as I had something to keep focused on, you know, instead of worrying back home, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was a good time, you know, Absolutely. but, uh, um, so during your time in, um, you know, what were some of the oddest things that, that you experienced coming from the civilian world and then, then you're in the military culture? You know, like for getting up early, I grew up hunting and fishing. So like getting up early was, I mean, that's just part of life, you know, growing up on a farm and stuff, uh, getting up early was like no problem, but, the, uh, you know, cold miserable i guess was one of the things i just had to learn to just be content in all situations you know like just uh just being content you know contentment with your surroundings you know whether it's 200 degrees or you know freezing cold or perfect you know just being content 
Yeah, I guess that's part of, you know, me growing up in Cleveland, why I haven't bailed yet, you know, and headed down yeah. south like the majority of my friends. This is like, well, you know, this is where I'm at right now. This is where life has taken me. This is where family's at. I guess I got to deal with the cold and misery that I know is coming <laughs> up. I can already feel it, like, you know, when the weather changes because of my, my service connection disability, yeah. my neck and my uh, knees and shoulders and everything is like, ah, oh, it's coming. It's going to suck, but yeah got to be content in it, man. And just, you know, focus on the positive. Um, and then like without breaking OPSEC, what was like one of the worst places you, you served at? Um, probably Nazaria, El Nazaria or Ramadi. Those two places were pretty bad. Um, uh, we did a, a raid in Ramadi and that place is just, I hated it. I hated the environment hated the company I was with, uh, uh, I was with a kind of a, not really joint task force, but just, uh, yeah, it was just, it sucked. <laughs> and then, uh, what would you say was one of the best places you were able to serve at? Um, anywhere with my guys from two, one Fox company, uh, anywhere, just, being in a hole miserable or anything. Some of my, my team was just, we were, we were all like best friends. I mean, they couldn't put together, a, you know, a better deal for us. We were all like, I mean, the jokes, the hazing, it was all, it was all just, we loved it. You know, I had a great yeah, time. I, I could, I definitely relate with that too with that like acu2 that assault craft unit i was in mm -hmm. because uh that was one of the blessings i guess of you know um being you know and i was in that unit as as a reserve component but we would you know mm -hmm. we would get they there was funding for because of you know what how we were needed there was funding to go on plenty of trips and little mobs or uh annual trainings and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing was we all come back and we all lived in the same area, you know, mm -hmm. where it's like, if you're active duty, you get a couple of years and you, you don't, you don't, you, you make some solid friends, but then, you know, you're not going to see them every day because eventually your orders are going to send you somewhere else mm -hmm. where with, you know, the local ACU two guys, I still get together and see them. Unfortunately, I've had to go to a couple funerals of the guys, you know, yeah, um, a lot but, of that. uh, you know, it's, uh, you, you make this, it's like a family, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's sometimes it's stronger than blood relations, you know? I'll say it's definitely stronger than blood. Yeah. And then, um, what would you say is your, uh, uh, would be one of your like pet peeves with, uh, <laughs> civilians since like transitioning out of the military? Uh, disrespect um you know people complaining they complain about food or you know i mean everything just complaining I, i'm very i don't like to complain i hate complaining um it's, it's just it sounds dumb it's just my biggest pet peeve it's just i've seen little kids be content with uh i dropped we dropped duct tape we did a raid and i I lost some duct tape, which is no big deal. We lose it all the time, snatching people out of their beds. But the the next day, the house next door, I saw the, we were watching it 
um, to see if the Southern Insurgent would come back. And these kids made a soccer ball with duct tape. They were content. And mm. that night, they were not content when we destroyed their home, came in the house, snatched their the insurgents out of the out of their home. And the next day, they're you you would never know. They're just out playing soccer with duct tape ball they made. Yeah, I would notice that quite a bit too when we would go through, uh, you know, the cities and stuff like that, and some of the mm-hmm. areas. It's like, um, and you know, I mean people that bitch here about not having the latest, you know, like name brand or whatever, you know, and you see how they're living, but how happy the kids were running Mm -hmm. around. And my kids, when I was over there are the same age as these kids. And I'm like, looking at them like, there's no reason why my kids can't be playing with these kids, you know, Mm -hmm. right now. And it had me, you know, really like questioning a lot of, you know, what are we doing? You know, um, absolutely. You know, the bigger picture, I guess, of life, but, uh, we took shoes. Um, my last tour, I got to guard General Mattis for a little, like maybe a week or so. Oh, nice. And he was, they were giving out truckloads of shoes and we had to teach him how to put on shoes, like like with laces and stuff. It's really weird. This, this, this village that we were in, I mean, I was like, what? Doesn't everybody know what shoes and toothbrushes and toothpaste they're looking at the brushes like rubbing their hairs and arms they didn't know what toothbrush were but you know the joy that probably they had trying to put those put those shoes on and so it's funny i mean it was was a ball i loved it watching them like the the magic we felt we had we you know when we were kids putting on shoes and i'm gonna run faster now because the Mm because the shoes are special you know yeah (laughs) And then, like, what would you say is something that you will always carry with you from your time of service? Brotherhood. Hey, baby. This is Double D, also known as Dream Daddy. And I got to tell y'all something about our new sponsorship here at today's Doggo. And the name is Dream Nutrition. So if you're looking to empower your human vitality, well, then you come to the right place. With over 12 years of combined experience in cannabinoids and terpene products, Dream Nutrition products include CBD oils, patches, protein, and so much more. The endocannabinoid system is believed to have involvement in regulating physiological and cognitive processes, including the immune system, appetite, pain sensation, mood, memory, and in mediating the pharmacological effects of cannabis. Support this veteran-owned and operated company today, and today's Boondoggle fans will receive 10% 10% off their orders when using the promo code BOONDOG10 at checkout. That's B-O-O-N-D-O-G-10 at checkout. So go to the link. That's dreamnutrition.com forward slash discount forward slash BOONDOG10. And remember, dream is not spelled like dream daddy. It's spelled D-R-E-E-M. And start saving today because you deserve to feel your best. And you know that's right. 
so tell them Dream Daddy and your friends from today's Boondoggle sent you. Yeah, definitely. You know, like, um, you knew who had your back, you know, yeah. you, you knew what kind of, you know, what friends you could count on, what kind of fellowship you had, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's something lacking, you know, where it's like, I always, you know, I get told, you know, why are you so paranoid, man? Why don't you trust people? I'm like, well, because a lot of you people have let me down, you know? Yeah. But there I, I, you know, I, I, could trust you know i could trust with my life you know and vice versa you know absolutely and then um what's one of the, like the funniest stories you feel you can share from your time in service yeah we took this guy and duct taped him to a sign he kept sleeping so we duct taped him to a sign naked <laughs> and uh, uh he didn't know it because we snatched him out of bed he was on duty so opportunity sergeant uh, kind of would punish us. And so we snuck down there and did a raid on a, his little Quonset hut and we duct taped him Got in a lot of trouble or when I repelled off the barracks naked, <laughs> that was kind of <laughs> after assault climber school, that was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys had the, the blanket party to straighten some of the guys out. And then, uh, yeah. The, the naked repelling yeah <laughs> yeah i mean stuff like that it's just kind of funny you know I mean, yeah and i look back at you know some i mean it was just like <laughs> we there, there's a lot of things we we you know we got a lot of cool equipment and a lot of cool uniforms and all kinds of stuff to put on and look badass but i think i see more of our guys naked than i would care yeah. <laughs> time I've seen to more, service dirty book you know Yep. (laughs) I remember like we were going to do a, uh, a weekend op with our boats on Lake Erie. We're taking them for out of Cleveland to like, I think it was like going to do a, we were going to help out in a D-Day reenactment or something like Mm -hmm. that, you know? And, you know, it was like, you know, what would normally be like maybe a 45 minute drive or something or, Mm -hmm. or, or an hour drive in a car on land was like maybe two hours on the boat going yeah. there and freaking all of a sudden dudes coming out and nothing but their cover on, you know, we're launching, but we got potato guns and we're shooting each other. And we're like pirates ship to ship. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Ridiculousness, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then um, what would you say is one of your greatest hopes for our, country that you've been willing to give your life for people start loving each other you know people start loving each other man there's just too much hate out there i'm not saying get all like political and you know no matter what we do is you know but people need to love each other and just yeah man that's it yeah it seems like uh you know, we've got certain groups that are like stigmatizing or whatever the other groups. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's like, you can't build a relationship without communication. Absolutely, man. We we can't figure out, you know, how we can help the other person unless Mm -hmm. we're talking. And like, I mean, some of, I know my personal healing and my journey was when I was willing to be vulnerable and open up. 
but if somebody is saying something from like a side or whatever that you don't agree with and you think it's all right to just silence them because you don't want to hear it we yeah. can't grow man and i'm seeing way yeah. too much of that you know or if you're you know we can move on like like my one of my best friends fast eddie i call him uh he believes something totally different than i do politically he's my best friend yeah you know we don't believe the same but we sure did serve this country yeah common ground there i mean fine i I think we all need to find some kind of common ground with each other oh yeah i agree man and i remember like uh you know and social media has made it so easy to just you know say things that we wouldn't say to each other face to face it seems like you know and Mm -hmm. and i remember uh almost like during when we when we were all kind of like you know locked down when the when the covid thing first came on and that's all everybody had was just social media and you're seeing you know these people that man i've been i've been friends with you for years you know and we go to concerts together you know music's been a great uniter for a lot of us Mm -hmm. and we stand side and then i was just like they're throwing things at me you know that i was like where is this coming from and then you know I didn't always handle it the best way myself either in response. And it's just like, man, what's it going to be like when, when, if, you know, could then it was like, if things open back up and we're at a show together, you know, are we going to throw down? Are we going to, you know, put it, you know, shake each other's hand and enjoy, enjoy the the music or whatever. And Mm -hmm. thankfully it was, you know, we shook each other's hand and enjoyed the music and all that stuff kind of got, you know, put to the wayside but yeah it was just like too too many people are too willing to uh you know where i can just scroll by i'll see something i won't agree with it and i'll just be like i'm not going to change their their you know social media isn't the place where i'm going to change their view or i'm going to type something so prolific prolific or whatever that they're going to be like why didn't i see it that way i'm in you know or whatever you know it's more like life experience that we've all had a lot of the people that you know, I seem to be at odds with have never been outside of their bubble, you know, where guys like us, we were forced outside of our bubble yeah. into different cultures, different worlds, seen different things that it's like, it makes you appreciate what we have here more, mm-hmm. you know, we were willing to die for it. And some of these people, you know, are just like, they didn't have know that sacrifice. They seem to just be like, whatever, you know, it sucks. It's the worst place ever. You know, my, my professor in college told me so, you know. <laughs> Yeah. I learned everything. I went to college, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Your real, your real world experience means nothing. I gone to college. I learned it from a book. I remember coming back, uh, you know, and using some of my, uh, GI bill after my last deployment, you know, and I went into a field. I don't know what the heck I was thinking, but anyway, you know, I'm like Billy Madison in there, you know, with all the young kids coming out of that high school, the same you know, and, and, uh, and I'm listening to these professors just spoon feed them all this crap that I'm like, well, that ain't right. And that ain't true. You know? And then when I would speak up, man, I was right away. Like I'm the devil, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a veteran. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm white. I'm, you know, I'm, uh, Christian, conservative, heterosexual, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I checked all the boxes of what, what's wrong with, you know, 
the world today. And it was just like, man, it felt, I felt like I felt more at peace deployed with my brothers than I did sometimes mm-hmm. in those college classrooms, man. You yeah. Know? But, uh, uh, all I know, you know, what I did learn is like, you know, arguing and being forceful is never going to help anybody see a different side, man. I've just learned to just kind of just be more through actions of, of love and mm-hmm. try and be understanding, you know, love people where they're at. They don't know what they don't know, you know. Exactly. Maybe I could show them like, I mean, I became friend, you know, and I don't think Static would mind me putting this out there. He's put it out on my podcast but you know me and static became friends because we're both in recovery you know me too and oh okay awesome yeah so it's like you know hitting the rooms you know uh to stay sober and what we learn you know working the program and stuff and who we're supposed to you know it's uh shit well i'm drawing a blank on the saying now but you know attraction not promotion you Mm -hmm. know it's like uh make it so people want what you have because the way you're living and handling yourself and, you know, being dependable and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and that doors work, you know, and that, that, the, that way has worked so much better for me building relationships than, you know, trying to be mm-hmm. the forceful militant guy. And I knew like, you know, I got two daughters. Now they're growing up into young women. And if I tried raising them like my dad, you know, World War II Marine style raised me, it, I, they, I, I'd push them away. They'd hate me. You know, yeah. um, so, so, you know, things we learn as we get older, I guess, you know, but I didn't mean to go on that tangent there. Let me, no, you're uh, good. Um, you know, uh, I want to get into more of your story and stuff, but, you know, I usually have these these questions I ask veterans. So I want to get. Yeah, no problem. Well, this will kind of lead us right to, you know, the main thing but what do you feel we can do to break the stigma of ptsd you know that's a tough one but just like i said earlier man like i i constantly love i I believe that we can constantly not all hippie love or anything like that you know because i mean hippies are cool too but (laughs) i've hung out with you yeah (laughs) and uh but I mean, I just, uh, I really feel that we can love one another, man, and reach out to our buddies. If, you know, communication, you said it earlier, communication, you know, if we're, we're knock we're knocking around, you know, like knocking on doors and Hey buddy, where you at? You know, I haven't heard from you in a few days, you know? But, yeah, I know when, uh, you know, especially, you know, I mean, we dealing with what we've gone through and whatever mm-hmm. kind of healing we've done for our our demons, but also like, you know, our addictions and stuff. It's isolation when we're stuck by mm-hmm. it. We can't can't think our way out of a thinking problem. You know, right. we can't we can't lift the bucket we're standing in. You know, we need exactly. fellowship. We need to stay connected and have that fellowship, you know, and uh that's when we really started worrying. I don't know how many people, uh, you know, when, when we were locked down and couldn't get together for meetings physically, how many people went back out, you know, yeah. and relapsed or, or worse, you know? And, uh, you know, thankfully, you know, zoom and stuff like this was able to still make, make things happen and build relationships mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, picking up the phone and calling, you know, mm-hmm. 
but uh like for you know part of your like healing journey now you mentioned you know uh and, and you know and that's something else we have in common i mean well i i i was able to you know still retire or whatever but i think you've met uh medically retired no um i got out in 2006 but i got 100 percent as soon as i got out they uh they deemed me pretty beat up you know uh but I, I did the third tour and then came back and I was, I wanted, I always wanted to be with like the CIA or Delta. And I was pretty close at achieving one of those. And, uh, my marriage situation, uh, just my wife wouldn't have it. So I got out. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, I was, uh, you know, I mean, majority of my, time in you know was reserves mm -hmm. but also um like the first over 10 years you know was kind of what was like peacetime it was just like a lot of fun we had money to, to train and be ready for something but mm -hmm. <clears throat> it wasn't until like my my oldest turned a year old when 9 11 happened and then i was like oh man the party's over you know and i just yeah. had a had a baby you know and then uh you know, those remaining years, um, you know, we are getting deployed and, 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 and doing what we've kind of been playing, you know, ready for, mm -hmm. but, uh, I, after that, you know, that last deployment, you know, I had some injuries and stuff like that. And I was like, I, I was able to get like, I think 30% at the time, because I was told you could still, still finish, you know, your, your, uh, contract. If, as long as you stay below this percentage or something like that. So, you know, I, 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 I was like, man, I, I only have a little bit of time left, man. I gotta, you know, I'll suck it up and try and make it through this. And then, um, but, you know, similar situation, I was up for a promotion, which would have extended me. Um, you know, I was E6, I was up for E7. And that would have, you know, I would have had to extend, deploy again. That's and, same yeah. And then I had, you know, at, at, when I came home, it was like I had, you know, my daughter turned eight while I was away. My oldest turned eight while I was away. My youngest, I came home just in time for her to turn five. And my relationship with her mother was done and we were separating and I would have been a single dad. And I was like, I can't, I can't. So I was able to thankfully, as soon as my 20 hit put in and put in my paperwork and retire. And then I went and followed up with all the things that I'd, you know, was holding back on all mm -hmm. the other injuries. And, you know, now I'm up there, you know, with you, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, there's so much for me and I don't know, you know, maybe you could share a little bit too about, we started at the beginning of how we had, how we had to mentally be, you know, prepared more than the physical stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. you get us through the physical stuff at the beginning and then how much for myself, that mental side was just like gone for the longest yeah. time. And I had to rebuild you know, as I'm, as I'm physically hurt and trying to rebuild my physical health, you know, that mental side was gone and I had to get that mental 
side back and i you know i've done things like hypnotherapy i've done all kinds of different like a lot of things outside the va probably got more help for that mental part um what was your journey what has your journey been like to help you with your well when i got out i i bought a gun and was gonna shoot myself and uh music saved my life um literally music and a famous musician called me up and said i'm gonna cut one of your songs uh and uh I was going to commit suicide and uh, uh, a counselor here in Texas saved my life outside of VA. Her husband got jacked up from the VA too. So um, Dr. Jamie Howard really took care of me. Yeah. I was going to ask about your VA experience. Cause you know, it's like, not I, very good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's been wonderful. A lot of places, the mental health through the VA is atrocious. Um, here in Texas, they, they use counselors that are uh, uh, interns, and they rotate every six months. Yeah. Or six weeks. Six to, 10, six to 18 weeks, they, they rotate. So you never get comfortable with telling them stuff. You know, you're like, yeah. hey, what the heck, man? Yeah, uh, and that's the same experience that I had, had here. It's just like, all right, you want me to open up, you know, and be vulnerable, but man, by the time we get there, you're gone and I got to start all over again. And then I got to relive it all over again. You know, yeah. so that's why it's like even a lot of stuff happened either out of pocket or I connected with some really great veteran organizations mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, started me on my journey. And uh, but yeah, the VA, you know, it's like the, I finally found one that I, I would like you know, she was amazing and she did EMDR. I don't know if you've ever done that, but that was like very, very helpful too. Similar to like the hypnotherapy because you really get into the subconscious mind and go back to where a lot of the original wounds yeah. happen, you know? And, um, she was amazing, but they, and she wasn't, she was going to, she was supposed to stay that she wasn't one of those, mm -hmm. like going to be slipped out or whatever, but they overworked her. It's like they didn't take care of the people that are taking care of us. And well, I remember during COVID, I, I we're on the screen together and she's like, this is going to be one of our, I hate to tell you this, this is going to be one of our last ones I've put in my, my notice. And I was just like, man, I saw the, the exhaustion and defeat in her eyes. And it just like, I thanked her for everything she did for me. But then I was just like mm -hmm. done with the VA, man. I, I get most of my counseling outside of it now. Yeah, me too. But uh, yeah, so, you know, I, and I, and you, you touched on it a little bit um, and, it, it, you know, really want to get into to your story with, with, um, well, I mean, I want to kind of go back a little bit now. Music, when did music kind of, when, when has music been a part of your life? And oh, my, life, my family's music and I've been playing guitar since I was about 14 and um yeah I, I just always played music love concerts go to rock concerts used to drive all over the midwest see concerts and <laughs> then um i played guitar while i was in the marines for some fun and then i got out and started playing professionally i guess yeah because uh you said you know and i read that it was like you know i guess Eric Clapton's drummer mm -hmm. or two, you know, reached out to you. How did you get to, 
to a place where you uh, like your music was out there and he heard it and he was like hey i want to i actually had a crappy demo on myspace and he got drunk and looked up buddy lee and there's a buddy lee entertainment in nashville and he went to the website one night and i had my for booking call and he called and he's like hey man this is jamie oldacre so he said his name, I knew because he used to play with Bob Seeger. He was the original founder of the Silver Bullet Band and uh, founded Brooks and Dunn and all kinds of famous bands. And he says, uh, I'm going to cut one of your songs called Soldier's Prayer. Well, it was a warrior's prayer. He goes, I think we should name it Soldier's Prayer because I'm going to cut it. I want you to come out to Texas and uh, hear it. And I did. And uh, I was literally sitting on a bed with a 45. I mean... Talk about Christian and divine intervention. If there wasn't a God, I don't know. Yeah. Who was. Yeah. So, and that's what, yeah, I wanted to, to talk about. Cause so your music was, it's, I mean, yeah. And he just put the, it wasn't the buddy Lee, I guess he was originally looking for, but it's still like, you know, like a God moment. It's funny. Cause this, the sermon that, you know, we just had at church was all about divine appointments and stuff today too. So yeah. now here we are you know, with a major, major one for you, um, talking about it, but, you know, you, you were putting, you, you know, music was kind of like therapy for you a little bit, but I mm -hmm. mean, you had reached a point like a lot of us do where you were just at your bottom and you were ready, you know, I was drinking all the time. I was hopeless. I didn't think, I just thought God had abandoned me. I thought, how could a God that loves me so much allow me to treat my wife and family the way I do and uh, allow me to see and do the heinous things that I did. And I had a lot of survivor's guilt. I lost almost my whole team in Iraq. Almost my entire team was killed. Uh, I wasn't with them. They were in Fallujah and they got killed. Almost my entire team. And uh, it broke my heart. Yeah. And took a lot of recovery to I've been sober now 15 years going on 16 and awesome um, man yeah that's that's great man I've got I, I just celebrated 13 um oh. approaching 14 but uh yeah I mean I can't imagine because it's like you know it's like you know I I, you lose a, you, you know, we've lost a guy over time, you know, either from my unit, you know, or people I served with either, you know, you do lose, uh, you know, to some of the PTSD, but a lot of the guys that of my, my ACU too, has just been kind of like old age or cancer or health mm -hmm. stuff, you know, and you just, you, you were there by each other's side and we get to, you know, kind of transition and get ready for their, their their transition to their next you know i guess heavenly duty station or whatever mm -hmm. you know but i can't imagine when all of a sudden all the guys that you've been yucking it up with are suddenly you know not there and then how how to deal yeah, with that major from three one reached out and said over 200 guys have committed suicide you know like out of our thousand man unit i mean because of that incident they just were no i mean just from different from Fallujah mm -hmm. from three, one, when they were there, they lost over, you know, 20% of their unit to suicide. I mean, the day we came home from Iraq, one of our guys committed suicide, jumped out of a moving car. Cause he couldn't handle riding down the street 
in the civilian world. He just jumped out of his car. Got a call. Hey, so-and-so jumped out of his car and killed himself. Mm. You know, later, somebody else killed themselves. And it's just been an epidemic. And it's crazy. Yeah. It's, uh, and I've, I've, you know, thankfully, you know, what I've been able to connect with doing this podcast is a lot of really good organizations helping veterans, helping veterans. You know, it's funny because like, you know, we're the guys that, you know, we count on when we're in the, in the stuff, you know, the man to my left, Mm -hmm. man to my right, you know, has my back, my brother's keeper, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and then we, the system that sent us there, you know, trains us all up to go, but does, does very little when we come back broken to keep to 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 fix us and get us back into uh you know that but but the same guy that who his life depended on me and i depended on them is now starting organizations that's still helping us yeah you know we it's like that's why we're gonna do it for for ourselves you know yeah and uh you know so yeah i want to get into what what you uh have been doing and what's uh, been like, you know, your contribution to help, help your fellow veterans, but really quick. So, you know, you get that phone call, you know, that divine intervention mm-hmm. comes in and they use your song and you get to work with them. And then like, how does your networking and relationships to start what you, what you do today, you know, what, what leads to that? I mean, I, I was a fair guitar player or whatever, but I, uh, a guy that come on and mentored me was Jerry Jeff Walker and Michael Martin Murphy and Bob Dylan's guitar player was like a dad to me. And, um, I had so many surgeries on my hands. I needed to have a lot of, um, rehab. So he introduced me to everybody. And with Jamie, I got to go to Nashville a lot and, meet a lot of guys from Chris Stapleton to, you know, like I got to open for Chris Stapleton and Jamie Johnson and um, Roseanne Cash and, you know, different people like that. And Dolly Parton's sister, Stella, and played with her a bunch. And it's just really cool. I mean, I got to meet all these people, but the thing was is I didn't have the equipment I needed. So I sort of researched it and said, I think I can build this stuff. So that's kind of how I got where I am today. I started building my stuff. And when we're talking about stuff uh, for our audience, let's get into, you know, what you're, what you're building and what you're well, putting out. We build like guitar pedals. Um, I started Fallen Raider Audio, which are these oh, handy dandy pedals. And we take veterans that suffer from PTSD and we get them out there and we bring them in. We are in a shop right now and, we build and we pay them. We get a mental health treatment, sobriety, and uh, show them the Lord. And um, every pedal is named after a fallen veteran. Every um, uh, for every pedal sold, twenty five dollars goes to sell to pay for a veterans counseling session from the lady that saved my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just amazing. So that's kind of how I got into it. I couldn't afford to buy all the guitar pedals and different things that all these guys had. So I just built my own and I started building clones. And then all of a sudden from the clones, I didn't have all the parts or they wouldn't send the parts. 
So then I kind of learned how the different components like resistors and uh, capacitors make different sounds. And we started building these little guys. And I have guys that, you know, build the boat. We build the boards from scratch. This wow. is one of the pedals that we build. Um, and then they turn out like this. Here's some more good stuff. And that's the insides. And inside each pedal is hidden a scripture that that veteran meant to me that I would pray over their lives. Like this one is the bones named after Aaron call one of my best friends. Um, and his scripture is John, what 15, 13, no greater love than a man who lays life down for his friends, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I think that's which one it is, but it's just, that's various. And we're taking veterans. Like right now we got a veteran coming from Houston. He's going to work for us doing sales um he's homeless so we're getting him a home and finding him a place to put over his head and we're gonna pay him you know but we gotta start selling some pedals where uh the semper five fund has went way above and beyond they gave me a grant a huge grant and we've been paying these veterans with it and now it's time for us to take off on our own or sink or swim and that's why i'm so glad that you're on here helping us because you know, we're at that point where they're going to sink or swim. And I, I think this is a really good thing we're doing. We just got to sell some pedals and get our story out to the veterans because, or the musicians, because these are fabulous pedals. I mean, our motto is rock stars that change lives, you know, be the rock star that changes lives. I mean, cause you know, everything we do is veteran and our pedals are 90, 91% made in America. Um, and it's a hundred percent veterans owned, operated, you know, from our marketing lady to is this veteran spouse, a Marine spouse to, um, our graphic designers to everything. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I mean, you know, when static was telling me about you a while back and then I just, you know, I got caught up with some things and I'm glad he, you know, connected us because then reading, more about your story and, and what you've, you know, what you've overcome yourself. And it's like, it goes back to kind of like our program as well. It's like, you know, helping others helps us. You yeah, know? absolutely. Serving I get more out of this. Than they do. No, go ahead. I get more out of this than they do. And it's yeah, not, I mean, a new I've sense of purpose. You yeah, know? I, mean, I see these guys pour their hearts out into working for me and it's just amazing. I, uh, I was just at a concert last night with some friends and there was a, you know, I get a photo pass and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not much of a photographer. I'm learning now. That's another thing I'm picking <laughs> up and to, to do for fun. I mean, I enjoy it, you know, cause in first three songs, you get to be right there, you know? So I got mm -hmm. pedals right in my face, you know, mm -hmm. all these pedals, like, uh, you know, I was at, at the Trivium show last night and they're, you know, new, uh, you know, heavy metal band. So it was all, all a bill of heavy metal performers, but I was just like, man, let's get some, uh, fallen, fallen Raider, uh, audio pedals up here with these guys, man. Mm -hmm. You know, um, now I, I did read that you, you've had 
you know, some of your pedals have been used by big artists though. And our yeah, Alice Cooper's producer and uh, uh, Jack White and Chris Stapleton and Adele's producer have used them as well. Yeah. And they, I mean, have they like, uh, you know, done anything to help like promote your organization and everything too? Um, a little know? bit. Uh, Chris Stapleton, Vance Paul, he posted a few times on Facebook. Uh, Brian Moncars, he's posted a little bit. Um, they're supposed to do some videos and stuff like that for us. So we're waiting on those. And I know they'll come when they get, I mean, they're, those guys are so swamped. I mean, it's, it's yeah. crazy, but it's uh we need more and more and more and more promotion to get this going dude you know i mean there's uh and there's many good musicians and artists out there that you know love the veteran community and go above and beyond to help and support mm -hmm. the veterans and stuff like right now i'm i'm thinking man connect buddy with five finger death punch or something man yeah, I, just love, like, I love them guys rocket ship right there for to help you and uh you know mm -hmm. Help them yeah. as well. So know? if anybody knows Five Finger Death Punch, send them our way. Yeah, I might know a guy. <laughs> I, I might know a guy. I'll, uh, it, you know, that'd be great, man. Um, but so, you know, you, you know, you talked about too, like, you know, um, or, I, or I, I read in some of your, uh, your bio that, you know, you're basically, you know, like most musicians that are coming up and starting, you know, like starving artists, you know, you don't have a ton of money. You can't afford all the big, big equipment. And that is something else that kind of motivated you to learn to build, build these yourself and sell them at like a reasonable price. Mm -hmm. um, what, uh, you know, what would, what, what are like, you know, the, the average prices of, uh, you know, your pedals compared to the average prices of any, any quality ones out there? Well, we sell them all for 200 bucks. I sell every single one of them for $200 each. And the average pedal in this market that's hand built, hand soldered, hand designed, they sell from between 250 and 300. So, I mean, our warranty is one of the best in the, in the business, which is $25 you break it anyway craftsman warranty or if something we did fix it you send it to us we'll fix it for free up to like a year or two i can't remember what we have on the website whatever it is but that's that's our motto that's that's what we do because we want to have a good product that takes care of the the musicians a lot of musicians tell us it's the best pedal they ever played it's just because it's so unique and it's a, but it's got such a commonality in the tone. Um, I took a circuit and I take circuits and then I tear them apart and rebuild the circuit. And um, I use my ears to build rather than like my super knowledge of schematics and stuff. So right. it takes sometimes months to design a pedal rather than, you know, just a few days. Gotcha. And then, um, you know, what would you say like makes your pedals different? Uh, what makes our pedals different is, uh, they're all unique. Um, they're all unique tones. Um, they're very versatile 
and they're built to be worked used together. Like I'll take the Raider and mix it with the bones. Um, but like, I mean, people that use them, they're just like, man, it, I want to put my finger on it, but I can't, I can't exactly describe it. It just sounds so good and clean. The thing is you like your guitar. You like your amp as a guitar player. You bought it because you like it or you want to show off or whatever it is. Either way, you wanted that product. So why would you want me to change up the whole sound of everything that you just spent, you know, 10 grand investing in? So I use a lot of subtractive EQs and some places additive EQs. But either way, I want to make that guitar sound the best it can. But I want it to sound like that guitar, not like a lot of pedals that just totally change the tone and like the cheap Japanese or, or excuse me, cheap Chinese and just cheap foreign pedals. I mean, if you want a $30 pedal, go buy it. I mean, we're not your market. If you want to sound like a pro, a quality product, you come to us. You come to other companies like us. I mean, you're not going to go buy a $40 pedal at Walmart and say, this is what I want. It's going to last you two years. These pedals so far have lasted a long time. Some of my pedals have lasted 10 years, and I beat the absolute hell out of them just to test them. I build them, so if I break them, I can fix them. And they, we buy uh, the switches and um, pots are all made in America. The boxes are made in America. Really, the only thing that's made overseas is the PCB board. And a couple of the resistors and capacitors, but everything else I source in Europe or in the U.S. And I try to source more stuff in the in Europe than I do the U.S. or in uh, China. Yeah, gotcha. and it's built by built by a hero. These guys are badasses. They serve their country. We got a guy that's Vietnam era veteran. We got you know we got a lot of just killer guys that work for us. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say too. So not only are people, you know, that, you know, invest that, you know, musicians that want to invest in their craft, you know, investing in, in a good quality pedal, but at the same time, they're also helping save a veteran's life or, you know, support a great cause uh, with veterans. So, I mean, you know, it's like normally people, you know, that, there's some people that will write a check and donate to, to certain causes. Well, I mean, you're still donating and helping a cause mm -hmm. at the same time as investing in yourself and your art, you know? So it's like a win-win all around. Mm -hmm. um, and like you mentioned already earlier, you know, um, you know what the money, you know, some, the portion of the money goes to for helping veterans that aren't, that that the ones that really are, are aren't at the place yet where they're ready to come in there and help build mm -hmm. pedals because they're just um, a yeah you they're, get a free basically you're, by buying one of these you also are buying a ticket for a veteran's life that's yeah. what I here's a ticket yeah. for a, a, serving your country a veteran that served his country and wrote a blank check well you're giving them a ticket and then you get something badass to play. Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome, man. And I, uh, you know, another reason why I'm glad, you know, we were able to get, get you on here and help. Oh, thank help, you so much. I really appreciate it. Get that. the word out as much as we can. Um, and then, uh, 
what was that? What was the other thing I was going to ask you? Goals going forward. What kind of goals do you have going forward, or what kind of hopes do you have with you know personal, but also you know with the Fallen Raider? My audio. personal goals to get uh, three hundred pedals a month sold and pay for three hundred counseling sessions a month. I want to sell three hundred counseling sessions and employ a hundred veterans. That's my goal. Nice. Personal and uh, my personal goal is to go closer with my Lord Jesus Christ every day and be a good husband. That's my main goal. But secondary goal is provide 300 counseling sessions for veterans. Wow. Tearing me up over here, brother. <laughs> oh, thank you, man. I, uh, you know, because it's like, you know, part of getting, you know, getting right and sober and, you know, my relationship with, with, uh, Christ as well as, you know, be a better dad. I'm, 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 you know, I'm still single, single dad. And I'm kind of like, uh, you know, like last night I was reminded when I was out with my married friends, you know, enjoying a concert, but how much that their, their, uh, spouses got to dictate a lot of their time and what we did before and after. And I was like, I had the freedom to just do, do whatever and have a good time. So it's like, Hey, all right, God, if I'm not, uh, you know, if you don't have a spouse for me, you know, um, that that's cool. But, uh, you know, just keep me doing the right thing and being a good example and building that relationship, showing my daughters what a gentleman is supposed to be like. And Absolutely. You know, so they don't settle, you know, because they always say daughters kind of look for somebody that reminds them of their dad. And I wouldn't want them anywhere near me. Uh, you know, hell, I've, I mean, I'm, I've been sober 13 years, but I still wouldn't want them anywhere near me, you know, three years ago. You know, it's like every day, yeah. one day at a time, I try and get better and better to be you know, that example for him and, you know, have my example that Christ called you to be. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, like your purpose now to help, uh, your brother, brothers and sisters out there is, uh, you know, is doing getting these pedals out there and doing this. That's been your calling with your gift. You know, I'm hoping mine is, you know, using this podcast to bring attention to these things. And, uh, you know, have people, uh, you know, give them something to talk about, something to think about, you know, from a different perspective. Um, so, uh, you know, before we get ready and wrap up here and stuff, I wanted to, uh, ask you some of the questions that I normally ask. Uh Oh, what happened? Well, apparently we lost buddy. Um, think i'm going to have to end it at that uh fallen raider audio um man check it out i uh i'm gonna try and get more information and post it on here but uh apparently we lost buddy um our connection with him so hey man i hope you enjoyed this this episode Small town kid from South Michigan Joined the Marine Corps right after high school Spent ten months in the sand With a rifle in his hand Now he's out with no hope of playing Working at a Walmart near you 
was almost 22 He's barely holding on to his family and wife All he thinks about is how to end his life The VA ain't giving him the help he needs He's got a purple heart that bleeds red, white, and blue He's so close to being almost 22 You know what? He was at that thing last year. Yeah, Max. Yeah. He lives in Brooklyn. Does he? That was funny what they did to him, though, man. Yeah, can you imagine the club? Oh, yeah. He was staying down there in Virginia Beach. and He had a motel room there, and he was staying there. We didn't show up for two days. He didn't show up for two days. Oh, yeah, yeah. Phillips and... Box. They they knew some Marines. MPs and they got them to go to his room and not gonna act like they were arresting him. They said they had him handcuffed. He walked out. He was crying. They said kids of their own. And it was just a joke.
And thank you for listening to another story time from the VFW Hall. Brought to you by Today's Boondoggle. For listening once again to today's Boondoggle Radio Show. Please be sure to check out our website, domaincle.com or todaysboondoggle.com for more shows and check out our archives. Follow us on social media at Today's Boondoggle on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for more information about this podcast. And please support us on www.anchor.fm forward slash today's boondoggle as well as on our GoFundMe and Venmo. Be sure to subscribe, comment, download, and listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, and all the other podcast platforms out there. Please email us with any questions, suggestions, and comments via today's boondoggle at gmail.com. Leave us some five-star reviews and help spread the word. Thanks again for listening. For tuning into this week's today's boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news and information, and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for supporting, sharing, and tuning into today's boondoggle.